To him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood and made us a kingdom. Priest to his God and Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. At last, the Reformation, when the gospel had recovery during a, a time of history, as we know, this Sunday shines with a broader light for the church throughout time. All Saints Day is November 1st. Ordinarily can be moved to the first Sunday by many churches in November. It dates back to what was called All Martyrs Day, and it tied directly to the Roman persecutions and killing of Christians from the earliest times that we know. The name All Saints Day arose in the 8th century, widening the focus to all the faithfully departed. Of course, you know this, by Reformation times, saints who rested from their labors became a scandal. Names invoked in prayer, outlandish stories written about them, and buying of their works to get out of purgatory. The white pyramids, though, very important to take note of on All Saints Day. It shows a redemptive quality for Christians to not abandon this celebration all out. White always connects us to Jesus during the liturgical year, doesn't it? Like with things during the season of Christmas and Easter. This day also then directs the whole church to our glorious head, who is Christ. Whether it's the saints above, triumphant at rest, or the saints like us below, struggling before our daily lives, there is still one unity, one flock, and one good shepherd. As we confess in the creed, I believe in the communion or fellowship of the saints. Yes, We're all priests before the throne of the Lamb, as you heard, but it's more relational at home with our Heavenly Father. Knit together by God's love means Christ puts you in the family by the same grace given to all His blessed saints. Love has provided a family status as a gift in Christ. God now relates to us 
in a new way purely by His action. What kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called children of God? And so we are. As the creator of all, the Lord does give life, right, to every soul born into this world. Yet, these, soil, these, soul, these souls are soiled, every one of them, by humanity's sinful fall, the, and it has led to the opposite relationship when we're born into the world. St. Paul lays it out pretty, pretty straightforward in Ephesians. We were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. What changed it all was the kind of love God put forward by His grace. The pure gospel belongs to how the Father has sent His Son to be the sacrifice. The difference is beyond the quantity of love given for the world. That's what you hear in John chapter 3, verse 16. For God so loved the world, He gave His one and only Son. Good. This text is a little bit different. It's about the quality of love that God gives. And it's to truly call us His children. And so we are. Jesus humbling Himself to be a child of man, bound to the cross, opened now the right to be, for us, the children of God. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. The world works by a self-claimed glory. While to call God our Father implies that Christ alone by the gospel makes us children of God. Pure gift, no claim. Since the world refuses Jesus, as you know, the relationship of forgiveness from the Father is by baptism into His Son. And it does stand out. As Jesus said, it would go out to the ends of the earth. And so too, baptism would stand out. Even your baptism. So whether young, infant, or old, the kind of love given defines the kind of family. God creates by His grace out of that watery word of baptism. And so Peter tells us, you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and abiding word of God. Love comes then based on a big family picture centered on Christ. There's a tension right now. You're just going to have to leave with it. Lutherans have a lot of tension in the way we frame things. That's okay. It's a theology of the cross. But this tension right now is with the saints before us who rest with Jesus. They are the great multitude. None can number in heaven. And so we could use the, 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 the saying, the church is always growing. The family is always getting bigger. There is a big family picture. And it's to see we also are part of it, not for a later date, but right now, today. And yet, as children of God on earth, we are restless sinners with doubts, temptations, and many fears. 
the great tribulation of these times bring with it false teachings, lovelessness, and the raging of Satan against anything good from God. This is a dysfunction, right? It's a dysfunction that's felt against our earthly families. We all know what that is. But especially brings a, a unique neglect, abuse, secrecy, or denial upon God's spiritual family, which we call the church. The church is suffering with that. Even our church. Dysfunction. Beloved, we are God's children now. And what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him because we shall see him as he is. The saints in heaven are worshiping at the throne of God and the Lamb. This eternal celebration leaves us not abandoned. We know Christ told his church, you heard it today, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. That's speaking about faith, a gift, a justification of seeing that, even though it doesn't necessarily feel like it. And so it is, his saints on earth have the promise to see Jesus is at work by his holy word and sacrament. Instead of picturing worship, then, created by our efforts, let's all get together and we're going to create worship to God. That sounds good, but here's the big thing. We step into worship that's already going on in heaven with Christ and his church. And guess what? He comes to us as weary saints to feed his flock. Against our restlessness is forgiveness to heal the dysfunction. Truth to cast out the loveless lies. Peace. Peace kept safe in a true heavenly inheritance. Yet, here's the big and glorious thing. More is to be revealed. It's always more with Jesus and his kingdom. And so the, the grander picture to see Christ finally come to join all the saints of heaven and earth into what we confess. I believe in the resurrection of the body, in the life of the world to come. You're just going to have to get away from that idea that when we die, we just go to heaven and that's the way life is. Well, that's true for the soul. But all those saints sleep with their bodies in the grave. Even Martin Luther's body is right there in that church in Germany. But the resurrection of the body joins it all back together in the glory of a new heavens and a new earth, as promised from the risen Lord. And so love now upholds a family resemblance purified with Christ. And everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. Since Christ remains pure and undefiled as the lamb, his forgiveness expects to purify our lives. It does just that because his word does stuff. And so it's not about earning God's salvation, but the hope 
of already being in the family, putting on the robes of righteousness of knowing you are washed clean by that blood of the Lamb. Strive to uphold what this means as the baptized because you go to battle in your lives. Some older, some younger, but all wearing the blood of the Lamb. He covers a multitude of sin. And so St. Paul says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercy of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. It isn't just a head thing being a confessing Lutheran. It is a life thing that you will experience with a theology of a cross that confesses Jesus without shame and knows there's many challenges to face, but Christ goes with us. And since Jesus is pure, no time or place has a monopoly on purifying what that means. No generation of the church has ever figured out the perfect life, but they kept to what God said was good from his word. And we know Jesus shares his holiness to be among the children of God. Since Jesus is pure, no time or place has a monopoly on purifying. Instead of turning into ourselves, as this society is doing right now, in an age we're living in, as you see it happening, a gift of righteousness is there to consider among the saints who've gone before us. And so our Lutheran fathers write at the time of the Reformation about the saints. Indeed, it's helpful to hear how holy men ruled government. What disaster. How holy men helped kings in great dangers. How they taught the gospel. What encounters they had with heretics. Examples of mercy help us well. They give a great witness, a great more than history lesson, but how God has loved humanity in different generations. And so All Saints Day opens up the floodgates in a very distinctive way because it's at the local level, which is really where the saints have always left their best witness. This is that satisfaction shared with those here at Zion who have departed but left a reliance on Christ and a Christian life to encourage us as we go. The Reformation, after October 31st, went forward on the next day, November 1st, fixed on Christ and his word. And so Luther could confess, I believe, in the communion, communion of saints. The call by God with the gospel is for you, but bigger than you. As God's children now, Christ has given us the right to pray, as do all the baptized, our Father. And so you're never alone. We are among a wide variety, even though you don't fully see it right now, and you may be accused of many horrendous things in the world, we are part of a wide variety from every tribe nation and peoples and languages, but the Lord's service marks his family, the church. Knit together by God's love means Christ puts you in that family. 
by the same grace given to all his blessed saints. Amen. Peace of God that passes all understanding be with your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus to life everlasting. Amen.